0: Awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. You guys are awesome. No, you're awesome. you are awesome. Sir, you are awesome. Seriously. Awesome. 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 Everything is awesome.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev. And whoo! Season 2 is here, baby! This is the show where we talk to awesome people about awesome things, and it feels oh so good to be back on the internet airwaves with Everything is Awesome. I know that you've been listening, or hopefully been listening, to some of our back catalog, and I've been talking about Season 2 coming, so I've technically been hyped already, but... We're finally here uh, and I'm so so excited. Uh, I've been in like full relaunch mode for quite a while now and uh, I'm just really really psyched that uh, I'm back to podcasting. Now I have been podcasting on and off over the last few years. Uh, Nothing really came to light until now Uh, and and it's all because of this new mindset. We're going to be a seasonal show. Uh, That puts a lot less pressure on me To be a weekly show year-round And the fact that we get a little summer break Is great, but we're still going to do some stuff in the summer Is also awesome Uh, We'll probably take some holiday breaks here and there But that's not the point of this show, baby Today's show is to celebrate On the, let's see, let's do the math On the 8th anniversary Of Everything is Awesome February 1st, 2016 Marked the very first Everything is Awesome And on February 5th 2024 we are back with what we're calling season 2. Um I am very excited for today's show. Um it's going to be a little kind of uh, out of whack because uh we're talking about the best of 2023 uh and uh it is definitely uh February of 2024. So we're a little late with this one. Uh things got in the way for me to get recorded in December so that we could launch in January. That's okay. Because it, mean, it meant that we could launch on the 8th anniversary of Everything is Awesome. And I thought that was a really, really cool uh, thing to happen. Uh, this week's guest is none other than my best friend in the entire world. He is my co-host when we do live shows. He is the creator of Tellist, the spinner of words, uh, Mr. Mike D'Angelo. Uh, he will be joining me on the other end of this intro here. So we can talk about the best of 2023 and spoilers uh, when you get it. Mike and I on a microphone, uh, podcasting table together, chances are we're going to go long. And this episode goes a little long. Not only does this episode go a little long, we had to cut it short and come back for a part two. So the way I, uh, and, and here's, here's some more spoilers for you. There's even a part three. So, but instead of giving you, um, the conversation of Mike and I back to back to back I'm doing it um, every other week which is actually the way we recorded these in relation to my other guests that we have coming up Um, so uh, this week you'll get uh, the first part of Mike and I talking about the best of 2023 uh, which is largely focused on uh, video games Uh, And then we we get through the movies a little bit more quickly than uh, normally I would have liked to. But we both had stuff going on in the afternoon that we had to take care of. Uh, We also, of course, catch up uh, with various things in the beginning of the episode. Uh, so it's not all just uh, 2023 talk, but uh, what a fun conversation. I always I mean, I, I talk to Mike on a regular basis. So uh, all my conversations are usually really great with him, but it's always special when we sit down to record because uh, we're both on. We're both uh, ready to go. And Mike has been doing uh, Twitch streaming recently um, with uh, I think Mondays he does Talking Tellist, which is like a short form podcast where him and his wife sit down on Twitch and chat about like what's going on in the world of tellist any new updates for the week and so forth and so on. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, he streams uh, him making battle maps, um, which he just had a very successful Kickstarter for. Uh, and you can get on Patreon. I believe it's Patreon dot com slash um, but we'll have all those links in the show notes. Um, uh, so so him doing that streaming has made him like a better podcaster because um, what is streaming but live video podcasting. Right. So like seeing him and, and I mean, I've known Mike forever, as anyone that follows this show knows um, I've known him since grade school and uh, to see him as someone who started the year off kind of struggling with the idea of promoting himself and um and and being like a broadcaster cuz at the heart of live streaming that's what you have to do and and part of that is really at the ends right when you're getting your plugs out and letting everyone know where to find you and and seeing him grow the beginning of of him doing his streaming to where he's at now where he like nails it every time has been like a really fun thing to to watch him do um and it makes me proud as like As a pod father, if you will, Uh, someone who's been podcasting since since 2007 um, to see to see him come into his own in that kind of world uh, and stuff. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to kick it over to past Kev, past Mike, uh, who are sitting down to chat about the best of video games uh, and movies of twenty twenty three. Uh, This is going to go uninterrupted. I'm not going to really do any kind of uh, mid-rolls, at least for the first few episodes of of season two here. Uh, And then on the other end, we'll wrap things up right here on awesomepodcast.com. A blip in the internet where like, you know, you get that, I don't think it happens anymore, but like back in the day, you got that like Skype, like (laughs) sounds on people. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm talking about. I do, but...
0: Uh, so here's an important question. Do you have your ad blocker turned on or off? Oh, I have it turned on. So do I. And they warned against that. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. so this might go poorly for us.
1: They did not warn me.
0: Yeah. It, it, when I was uh, signing in, it was like, hey, make sure to turn your, your ad blocker off or you might lose your audio.
1: So let's hope that's not the case. Well, it says, and your uploading is changing, like going up and down, right? Like yeah, it keeps going down. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's because it's... I don't know why. Uh, well, hey, you. fingers yeah. crossed you don't have to re this. That would be nice. But the way I look I at it is head. I'm basically relaunching Everything is Awesome. So if something were to fail, it's going to be during the first episode. There you go. Despite podcasting for... 2007 17 years 17 years at this point so what do you mean uh,
0: 2000 was seven years ago
1: (laughs) isn't it crazy to be like oh you know the 90s were like a decade ago but in reality it was fucking world
0: yep 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 i'm 40 uh
1: yeah it's uh jen was jen's i'm shocked jen's not happy about like it's effect. Like, she's like, I just don't want to turn 40. I'm like, really? Like that's affecting you. Like, is that, it's the sense of mortality, man. It, see, it's, oddly enough, we had a discussion yesterday um, about uh, like if I were to be in some sort of coma or something, uh, or like get to like how my uncle was, she's like, what, what's like, what do you want to happen? I'm like, every exhaust every resource to keep me alive i was like i don't like when the doctors say there's nothing that can be done you suggest like freezing me <laughs> until a cure is found
0: i i don't know where i stand on anything like i at some point i think like you give up i mean for me you give up and you say like all right let's with what time we have left you know let's travel the world cuz i mean there's there's certainly i mean you and i both have very intimate familiarity with cancer and everything like that. And, and our, our experience with it to some extent is fuck cancer. But at the same time, I feel like cancer is almost a gift. um Because most people don't know when it's their time um, right. to be able to have a little bit of time to say, Hey, you know, you're not going to last much longer, you know, make your peace with what you got. There's something nice about it. It's, it's, It's weird to side with cancer. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey guys, Uh this is going to be a hot topic, hot button issue. I'm Mm -hmm. team cancer. (laughs) Um, I I think my feeling on it is like I just uh, don't want to die. Like I don't. Right. And and you know it's funny. I had a conversation with our old neighbor when her mom passed away and her dad was doing like, and they were old, like the her mom and dad were like in their eighties and nineties and whatnot. Uh, and, and, and her mom, she said, you know what? My mom was at peace with it because like she had faith blah, blah, blah. my dad, you know, his faith is like, you know, questioned right now. And he's like, he's has a hard time with the idea of dying. And I'm like, Oh, that's me a hundred percent. Like, yeah. I like, I think, I, I don't know if it's because like, I don't know what's next, like what happens. And it, it, it cease, and then I am in the grounds, or is there like some sort of afterlife?
0: Yo, I got some interesting stuff to describe about that too, because obviously you know I have like the near death experience and everything. Right um, now, my experience with that is you know like walking through the tunnel and everything like that, and I, I think you will know that like historically speaking, I have said that you know like I didn't see a person, but I saw saw like a hand reach through the white light or something like that, right? right? Here's, here's where it gets weird. You and I are woke enough to know that Jesus was a brown man, right? Yes. That hand yes. was white.
1: <gasps>
0: Who was trying to bamboozle me in my near death experience?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think Jen and I are, uh, we, our responses to like the white light thing last night when we were talking uh, defines us. She's like, if there's, the, if I see the slightest of a white light, just push me, push me in. She's me. like,
0: let me through.
1: And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna run. I see someone turn the light on in the house. I'm running outside.
0: I, I definitely think based on my experience that it was, and it would have been a, a pleasant experience. It wasn't like a, you know, it, I, but again, bamboozle. Um, But, <laughs> but, but I think, I think the fact that I wasn't ready you know, right. and the fact that they didn't push me to be ready was another tick in the pro column.
1: Hey, you know what? Just happy 2024 to the Everything is Awesome audience. <laughs> what a way to start off. Joking about teen cancer and death. Yep. Um, yeah, no, so this is... Uh, the, I, I still have to go back, and I don't know how many episodes, but between now and when this airs, February 5th, hopefully... I have a bunch of old episodes to polish up and throw on the feed as like, just, Oh yeah. Remember we were still a podcast. Right. Uh, But this is, uh, I don't know how I'm officially leaving it. Season, season two, I guess. Um, But going forward, everything is awesome. A is back, which is great news. Um, A little about a month later than I wanted it to be. But um, as Mike and I were talking off air, it just so happens that the day this releases is right around the eight-year mark of everything is awesome. Everything is awesome started February first, twenty sixteen. Officially, it started recording it in twenty fifteen, but
0: the release
1: schedule yeah. The launch date was February first, so um, that's why we always did our January festival, which raised money for um, various. You know, I think we started off with uh, fuck cancer. And then we moved to the Headstrong Foundation, raising money for them. Um, uh, but that's why we always did it then. Now, going forward, I'm kind of switching it up uh, to hopefully maybe do something around November to honor my uncle a little bit more properly right. um, as a, a fundraising festival. But that's future issues. Um, uh, uh, Everything is Awesome is, a like I said, back. And I'm trying to treat it more as something that I can sustain long-term with the combination of it's fucking hell to put a podcast together. Yeah. And, uh, I, I go up and down in my depressive. uh, Yeah. uh,
0: Honestly. and, And I think that people who, who don't understand that, like it takes a lot of work to, to make a solo hobby, like this, like writing, like art, uh, work consistently. Um, I I don't, I don't, I don't understand how, you know, people are like, well, I work, you know, nine to five and like, but so
1: do we. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is doing these passion projects, which for, for most people, podcasting, writing, um, and, and even art, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a, it's a passion project hobby that you want to develop into something else. Right. I would imagine.
0: Sometimes, sometimes you just want to do it for fun, but I, I I think, unfortunately, like most times, like in the past, if you were doing art of any sort, um, you were doing it for the fun of it, for the thrill of it, for the expressive you know, beauty of it and everything like that. You were typically already rich if you were doing those sort of things. We're in some cockamamie, you know, hey, I have to monetize my hobbies kind of thing. Right,
1: right. And that, I mean, now, don't, don't get me wrong. When I started podcasting, what did we say, 17 years ago or whatever it was? uh july 1st of 27 uh, that was the goal that was like let's do and back then podcasting was weird because it was all new but like that was like let's set up all this equipment and do a radio show right and like let's have commercials and let's have get like and it was very much um it wasn't like kid chris or howard stern if anyone's from the philadelphia area uh and you remember the free fm days matt and huggy were like the afternoon drive guys on 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 uh ysp free fm whatever you want to call it and that was like what we gauged our show after like we were the two hour time slot of a podcast that was doing radio uh and i wrote that like i want to be a podcaster for money thing for several years until i stopped when uh, my oldest son was born my eldest son was born um i think then- interchangeable yeah. It's weird. Cause I say it and I'm like, I think they were both right. Mm-hmm. And then I write it. I'm like, oldest doesn't look right. It's gotta be Elvis. <laughs> Either one uh, works, but yeah. But, um, uh, and then I start everything as awesome. And that's always been the show of like, I'm doing this for fun. Right. And the issue is like, I have so many different podcasting ideas up here. I try to do them all and then I just get back to like chaos. Right, right.
0: It becomes the, the house of cards situation. You, you right. build out so much and it can only sustain so much.
1: And that's why everything is awesome is going to a seasonal format. Right now, at least for season two, because we we started not only later than I wanted to, later than seasons will normally start. Um, uh, We'll be weekly, because that I think is only about 26 shows or something like that. Right. Um, But going forward, I'm taking summers off, because that's when I go on vacations and stuff anyway. Um, The kids are home all day long, Jen's home all day long, so. Everything is awesome switching to that uh that uh, that seasonal format where we'll run from like September to uh uh June-ish with with the f- the season finale being July 1st regardless of our Monday release week uh schedule. July 1st is just the anniversary of me podcasting and that will be the state of the pod as we as as I used to do anyway. But that's not to say that like I'm hoping that means like everything is awesome in 2024 will be wrapped up recording by the end of May. Uh, and, and everything will be good to go. And then at some point before July, I'm hoping to like get a small group together to do like summer projects. Right. Um, uh, now Conan O'Brien, uh, his poke, podcast, um, his podcast, uh, it's amazing 39 years old and I still talk faster than my brain can comprehend. It's something
0: you never really learn to get rid of. I don't think.
1: You also, and we'll we'll probably get to this later. Uh, you also, at thirty nine, don't realize that you're not twenty some years old, and you just drink yourself into violently throwing up the next day. At least that's my experience as a thirty yeah. nine year old. I,
0: I I don't have that issue. Uh, it was three 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 issue. times for me, and that was it.
1: Yeah, I've ne- I, I don't think I've ever seen you drunk enough to vomit.
0: I, there, there had to have been one party that you went to where it was that bad. It was one time in, in, in someone else's college, one time at my house. And I can't remember the other time. It, it, might, it might not have been violent enough to throw up, but it was the, the world. It was a spinning.
1: This, well, I'll, we'll get to that as part of our 2023 uh, discussion, but um, uh, I forget. where. Oh, so uh, Conan O'Brien does summer s'mores as like, now he doesn't ever really take time off, but like his summer project, they do like a a summer s'mores thing, which is really cool. It's a really cool concept. So I'm going to kind of adapt that into something for for everything is awesome. I think uh, I want to do something in the role playing space for our summer sessions and uh, everything is awesome. That will probably air in the month of like July slash August for like four to five weeks, and then. Uh, and then we're off until September again. But that's the future of Everything is Awesome. We'll just get it out on the top of the show is that we're seasonal. Uh, Typically, we'll run from September to July-ish with like a summer session for for a month. Uh, And at least season two will be weekly. We'll see how I feel when when season three comes along. Uh, I guess it will really depend on what other podcasts I'm doing because I'm hoping to launch at least one more in 2024 before the summer there you go uh, but uh something that you and i got into the habit of doing for everything is awesome uh was like our end of year recaps that i really kind of enjoyed uh when we worked i think i have memories of recording i guess they weren't everything is awesome because i wasn't doing everything awesome back then but I, I feel like we did similar stuff when we birth both look hmm, both worked at woods it uh, could be that happened <laughs> <laughs> I just remember recording end of year stuff with you in the same room in a conference room.
0: Creepcast? Or, or was it, that's entertainment? Oh, no, no, no. It was when I worked at PMHC and you worked. at yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I, and I would come down. Right. Cause uh, we would,
0: we would eat at the, uh, the ice cream place.
1: Yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. Um, so, uh, it was, everything is awesome. We did the year, the end of year stuff. For right. It. And I think it's kind of, now this is obviously, uh, delayed by a month, uh, for that end of year stuff. We'll, we'll next year we'll try to get that in at the actual end of year or the beginning of the, the new right. year. But, uh, but I'd I like to do out, the
0: same thing with that entertainment as well.
1: Right. Yeah. I didn't get any of the stuff written. Like I I have a, a half of best of podcast article written yeah. that I will probably just ignore <laughs> and, and do that next year now at this rate. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally see like a great, like uh I don't know. It's just fun to talk about like the year, the year behind and the year ahead right. in this kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, I feel like I, while I wasn't very uh, productive from a great creative standpoint in 2023, I certainly was like productive in like intaking stuff, right? And that's a fine balance because I either go hog wild on watching stuff and reading stuff. And then I'm not creating or it's the opposite.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's very difficult to strike that balance because the, you, you almost use those, like the intake as recharging of some sort, you know, yeah. like you, you take other people's creativity and it kind of boosts your battery. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it, it, I can't imagine like living a life without music, without TV, without movies and everything like that. Um, because I feel like a lot of what I get is and an inspiration from something or it's an homage to something. Um, so it really helps to, to have those kind of things to fall back on. Do we do it too much? Sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, we, we joked about how when Spider-Man one came out, I gave up on NaNoWriMo that year because <laughs> I just wanted to play Spider-Man the entire month. So.
1: Oh no, hold on. What
0: happened?
1: I hope it didn't disconnect us.
0: I mean, uh, still, yeah, it still yeah, still shows that it's recording. What happened?
1: I got a phone call, and it's going through the computer and bullshit. I really, you know, what I need to do? Do not disturb.
0: That is true. Uh,
1: that should help. Uh, yeah, no, I I am very much the same way. Now I don't have a PS5, so I didn't get distracted by video games, and I, I don't really get distracted by video games. You could
0: do it on the computer now.
1: I can, I can. Uh, I don't. I just. I know you can hook up a controller to the computer. I'm just. I've never been a computer gamer. I've always been a console gamer. And even, I mean, I would say, I would say since becoming like a content creator of some sort, video games is definitely the thing that has taken the most backseat of something. Right. Um, It's just not, for me, it's not an escape like it once was because I have podcasting that I like to listen to. I have, I've been like in a, a big reading kick the last few years. Now last year was a little slower for me because I was watching movies a lot more last year. Um, I, I, I I counted it up when Jen and I were talking about it. And I think I watched like just shy of 70 movies last year. That's a lot. And uh, like 20, well like almost 50 of them were new to me in 2023 and half of them, or a little bit more than half of them, were brand new in 2023. Um, so I definitely like went hog wild on like movies right. last year. I need to do um, a
0: better job of cataloging what I've done. Like One of the fun things that Rihanna, did, or Rihanna and I did during the pandemic was every weekend while we were trapped in our house, we did little date nights where we were watching a movie and then eating a themed meal or something like that. And I could not tell you what those things actually were. And I think it would have been something cute to be able to reference back. Um, but the same thing for the games that I've played, the movies that I've watched, the TV shows that I've watched, the books that I've read, stuff like that. Like I, as I'm getting older, it's getting much harder to remember those things.
1: Yeah. Well, I use, I don't pay for any, like they like letterboxd is a great utility for tracking your movies. And I, and, and, and even reviewing them, if you just want to, review them there I tend to if I review anything it's just like a quick like almost like kind of like a Twitter review yeah and then if I end up reviewing it for that's entertainment I'll eventually post the, the full link there but um, that's how I do because like this head got hit a lot I had a few concussions in the wrestling days so my memory is piss poor um, and I uh, so I use like Letterboxd to track my movies are you thinking about the screenshot <laughs> <laughs> I was exactly. going but were any of them as
0: hard as
1: what <laughs> with Marty? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that.
1: I unfortunately uh shared the ring with Marty one too many times and definitely paid the price whether it be I probably had a concussion every time I I went against that man.
0: I could definitely um, see it being a thing.
1: But, yeah, I use Letterboxd for movies. I think that's a great utility. Goodreads for books is also a pretty good uh, utility. Um, Goodreads, actually, what I really like is, like, it's goal-oriented. So, like, I always set my my goal for about 25 books in the year, um, which, like I said, last year did not work out uh, uh, because I think it ended up being closer to, like, 50-some books because every time I read a comic book, I also log it through Goodreads. But then I up my goal count because, like, comic books don't count as... Right, right. Yeah, you can talk your way through
0: 23 pages of comics. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, but yeah, I didn't hit my goal last year with that. And there's this app called Marathon that tracks your TV shows, but not like Goodreads or Letterboxd. It's convenient to say, like, oh, I did watch this. But other than that, not like a diary and like an actual log. I I mean,
0: honestly, we have we have a note taker in our hands all the time. Like, it's not like I couldn't just be like, okay, today I watched this show today. I watched this show. And uh, the nice thing about a show is you don't have to be like, you don't have to get ahead of it so much. You can, you're watching it for eight weeks at a time. Just one week. Be like, okay, here's what I'm doing.
1: And, uh, there is, uh, something else I was going to say about that. Oh, I was, I think I did it at the start of last year. I created a spreadsheet called uh, 2023 content that I enjoyed or something like that. And it was going to log every comic book, every game, every, it was going to log everything I did that like was for me, entertainment purposes Yeah, that lasted approximately three hours. Yeah. That's not
0: a bad idea. I'm pretty good about like keeping spreadsheets and stuff like that. It might be a good idea to do that for that's entertainment. Um, and and for for next year when we have the same conversation yeah. again,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I think when it comes to like once like for me, like it, it's movies and 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 books. Really, there is some video game stuff, but uh, and podcasting, like they're the things I probably took in the most. Yeah, uh, of last year. Uh, I'm uh, doing it right now. You're, set, you're setting up your spreadsheet uh-huh, right I'm now.
0: Setting it up right now. I'm going to call the um, that's entertainment matrix.
1: Yeah, I mean, and for per- – and here's – that's the balance, right? It's also, like, it's, it's hard to say, like, what is for me and what is for hashtag content, right? Like, there's so many times that, like – I've talked to so, so a, a friend of ours, Jeff Stormer, who does the Party One podcast. Like, him and I have talked so many times about, like, oh, let's get together and, like, just hang out. And, like, we're meeting in a couple of weeks, but part of that's going to be work-related. Like, part of that's going to be we're going to be planning something for the Philadelphia podcasting scene. Now, none of it is really going to be recorded for content, but, like, we always talk about, like, let's get together and play role-playing games that aren't for a podcast. Right. Um, but because we all we all do so much for that hashtag content, it's hard to find the time for it. So... That's I mean, that's this the, the that's entertainment matrix that you're creating. That's the hard balance. Like, how much do you want it? Like, do you really want to have that article at the end of the year? Right. Well,
0: um, and, and the shame of it is too. Like, I'm obviously doing like a lot of stuff for like Twitch and everything. Um, I'm playing games downstairs nine times out of ten. You know, each day, right. but I just don't hit the, tw- the Twitch button on Xbox. Like, there's something about like all right, I just want this to be a personal experience, especially because a yeah. lot of times if I'm playing an old game, does anybody even really want to pay attention to me watching like an old game or getting used to the game or something like that? So it is right. tricky, like trying to balance
1: it. There, There is an audience for that stuff. If you, But I feel like you have to say, okay, that's what I'm doing on Twitch right. is I'm going to be a retro gamer. Right. Um, I follow someone that that's what they do. Like they, I, I don't watch it all that often because again, all the, I don't have all the time in the world. Yeah, Uh, but it's there's definitely a market for it, and that's like, like for I think the game that I played in 2023 that I enjoyed the most was probably Final Fantasy remastered or or repixelated or whatever that big release for the Switch was.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, they re-released one through six. Yeah, and I, I think I only played Final Fantasy one. And Summit 2. Right. And that was... They're, they're big games. The game they're big games? Yeah. And, yeah. and, like, I started playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder because I got it for Christmas, and that's a fun game. But, like, I only I only sunk maybe 45 minutes into it. Like, I right. haven't really got, gotten into it yet. Um, but, yeah. And then, oh, the big game for me in 2023, which is... Th- this is the genre game I am in as a parent. It's Monopoly Go. Like, that's I've logged so many hours of wasting my life on this game. It's such a time waster, uh, like most mobile apps are.
0: Well, so it's funny you say that because I was looking at, like, the, the 2023 best of for other things, not specific to us. And you would think that for Nintendo, like, the best, the most downloaded game would be a Mario game, a Zelda game, a Pikmin game, something like that. And it was, in fact, a game that you can nine times out of 10 find on mobile. It's a game called Suiko, um, S-U-I-K-O. And uh, you can get it on your phone right now. It is just dropping fruits from the top of your screen and having them merge into bigger fruits until you make a watermelon. And then if you merge two watermelons, they disappear. More more than any other software in 2023, including Super Mario Wonder and, and Tears of the Kingdom you know, now it probably costs like a dollar and that's probably part of the appeal.
1: But yeah, that is a crazy. And those those are the games. I guess there's an appeal. Like they're toilet games to me. Yeah, absolutely. Very specifically those merge ones that you're talking about. Like that's Mm -hmm. like a no offense to Quest Merge Dungeon. but That was what it was meant to be. It's literally like, oh, I'm sitting on the toilet with nothing to do. And another thing for me, like, and this is kind of looking ahead, like I'm trying to disconnect from this thing as much as I can, which is again, when you're a content creator hard to do because you have to market yourself on social media. And that's a whole nother, that's another thing I'm trying to get into this year is finding a better ways to market myself. I'm trying to go like full force with Starbird media this year and and website design and stuff and like getting my name out there in that kind of stuff. So like, it's, this, I, as much as I want to just chuck it out the window. You could just like, put it in like in
0: that little part of your trunk where like, everything, and then just, yeah.
1: You could. <laughs> that is something you could could do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so gaming for me, I don't have much to talk about in 2023. Right. Um, we can
0: skip it. I mean, I, I've got my top 10. Um, so we can skip mine if you don't want to chat. No, let's much. go
1: through it. Let's go through top 10 games because um i'm interested to do, i know spider-man's probably uh two is probably on there somewhere spider-man's up there pretty
0: high it's not What's my that, top i have uh, one i have one honorable mention and some of these might have like switched a little bit um because i was playing something like late in 2023 and uh like it might have slipped up or down just just based on like some of the oh i mean a lot of the game meta is like all right i'm doing the same thing over and over and over again like when does it become boring um, right. and some, sometimes it never does. Sometimes, you know, like the, the top games that I liked the most, I was doing the same thing over and over again, but it was an enjoyable experience, but we'll right. get to it. So my honorable mention was a game called Subnautica. Now these might not have been games that released in 2023. These are games that I played in 2023. Right. Um, cause there's always going to be something that like I found that came out later. Um, in fact, real quick, cause it's the first game that like really blew my mind this year. Um, I don't want to forget it when this one comes around, that inscription game that I was telling you
1: about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You started playing um, that in 2024, huh?
0: 2024. It, it, it would have been way up at the top, like way, very close to the top of my list in 2023, but uh, just, just picked it up. I uh, guess it was on sale this year. But uh the honorable mention is Subnautica. It's uh, like a survival uh, game where you're, you're building um, equipment to search underwater areas on a foreign planet your spaceship lands on this foreign planet and you're basically trying to figure out a way to survive and to eventually escape um the spaceship that you traveled on is getting ready to explode so you have to try and find ways to make sure that like the nuclear reactor doesn't go off and kill everything on the planet you have to navigate all kinds of um underwater life and stuff like that uh, very very fun little experience. Not for people who are very like um, phallosophobic and can't deal with underwater stuff. Especially because the further you go, the weirder and scarier the creatures get. Um,
1: yeah, I, you get to a shark and I'm done.
0: Oh, it's worse than sharks. It's like leviathans and Cthulhu demons and stuff like that. It's
1: see, I'm into that.
0: It you won't be when all of a sudden you're in a you're in like your little watercraft. And you hear the, the weird teleporting sound that someone makes kind of like the noise you made earlier.
1: <laughs> Which I don't think was all
0: recording. <laughs> Whatever it was, but it's they, sound. they teleport up to you and then teleport you out of your submersible. So oh, wow. then you're just in the water going, where is my ship? And then trying to like re like align to everything. Um, 700 meters under the surface of the ocean it's uh it it can be a fun experience but it can also be very frustrating
1: um
0: so that was my honorable mention number 10 on my list is dead island 2 um i really liked uh the first two dead islands because you had dead island and then dead island riptide or whatever it was and um and this one was just a very fun you know it's very meta it knows what it is it didn't take things too seriously um and I, it was kind of, you know, by the books, it wasn't, you know, too crazy. It was you're making weapons and breaking weapons and stuff like that. It's so nothing too crazy, but I did like how it took place in California. And you could see, you know, like some things that were a little bit more lively than the original game. Um, yeah, because the
1: first one, what, took place just on a random island? Or, yeah, yeah
0: or- it was like it was like a Caribbean island. It was, right. you know, something out there and, and really Dead Island is not the name for it anymore. It's, you know, if you're in California, you're not out there. We were in Hollywood. You were, like, going through the Hollywood Hills. Eventually, you made your way to the red carpet. Like, it was, like, a, a very California experience. It had a very fun vibe and everything like that. Um, and it very cool, like, end game experience when, like, you learned how everything kind of came together. Um, it's not for everybody because it's very much just, like, arcadey. And a lot of people, right. these, yeah. especially these days, like with uh, with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead and Witcher and everything, it feels a little bit more simulation-y. So right. it depends on what your kind of vibe is. But um, we're back to underwater for this one. Uh, number nine is Dredge, which is, again, kind of an arcade-y kind of experience. You're going around in a boat in this archipelago, and you're looking for treasure that you can haul off the bottom of the ocean and you're trying to pick up fish and everything like that. But the thing that that makes it not just a weird fishing game is your character slowly starts to go insane when he's on the ocean. So like, uh, do you remember the game Eternal Darkness for the GameCube?
1: Oh my God. Yes.
0: Right. So it's kind of like that. It's not nearly, it, it doesn't do stuff to the player so much. Like it's not that tongue in cheek. Um, right. So it's not like telling you it's turning off the system or anything like that, but like the, the sky gets darker. Um, you start to see apparitions in the distance. You start to hear fog horns that aren't really there. You start to see lights that come up to you and you're like, Oh, it's another ship only to discover that it's a giant anglerfish That's trying to eat you. Um, oh, they, they do some really cool stuff. And it was uh, like a fun experience trying to like unlock all the equipment that you could because you needed like equipment to get to other places in the ocean to unlock other fish that you could get, um, to finish the quests that they sent your way. Just a, a fun little experience. I, um, and it, it was, I can't remember. I, th- I think I got it on sale from like a humble, bum- humble, humble bump, humble bundle, something. humble bumble. Humble it was bumble. either going to be humble bumble or humble bumble. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. The the one that it might have slipped further down after I created this list um, was Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora, Uh, so that's my number eight. It is they they're really doing a much better job with licensing games like licensed games like back in like the SNES days were like barely acceptable, like you know like when you're playing like the the Sega X Men or the Super Nintendo X-Men, they're okay. They're not, like, mind-blowing or anything like that. It was like, all right, we're going to try our best to give you four X-Men. Maybe their chapters are pertinent to them. Maybe they're not. Like, the Sega one, it was like, all right, we're just going to let you be any X-Men. Do your thing. Hope you like it.
1: I remember, like, those, the only time, like, IP games were really good back in those days were, like, when they were arcade games. Like yeah, beat em ups, really, where there was right. no story. Right. It really? I right.
0: Mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was really good. Including the first one, the like the original NES one, oh, which was a beat. Right, right. That was really good. DuckTales was good. Um to a lesser effect, all the other Capcom ones, you know, like Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, like they weren't quite as good. Um, maybe the Lion King game on Sega Genesis, like that kind of stands out as like a pretty decent one. Um, but, like, these past couple of years, especially with Marvel-related content, things are getting really good. You know, like, Spider-Man is really good. The Guardians of the Galaxy game is really good. I won't say the same thing about Avengers. It sounded like everybody hated Avengers.
1: I started um, playing that. I did play that in 2023. Um, and then it got taken off Game Pass. But um, I don't like it enough to buy it. Right, right. If there's not many games that... I, I, almost 40 for me, like you have to be a fucking great game or Mario or final fantasy for me to buy it. Really. Right.
0: Right. Um, Cause you, also, you want to be uh, able to enjoy something intrinsically. It's not something right. that you want to just like, you're much more protective of your time at that point. Right. And to some extent, like that's probably why avatar kind of slipped down a notch. Um, I liked it. It's a very good game. It, very, it, it, it immerses you into the world of avatar. Um, especially good. If you like avatar, I, I would imagine that if it's not gripping enough for you to be, not an Avatar fan, but I don't like
1: blue cat. I don't need to play as a blue cat.
0: Right. I mean it's 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 very fun. Um it the thing about it is it's a far cry game. It's a hundred percent far cry with the veneer of Avatar. Um and eventually, you know, some of the stuff like if you like some of the stuff you're doing, it's great. If if it kind of wears thin after a while, you start to kind of lose some track of it. It was cool I, I, flying I, around on an Ekron and stuff like that, but
1: I feel like Avatar, anything Avatar related, I mean, I guess it's like any fandom. If you're just not into it, you're never, like, there's, like, for me, uh, and this is going back, what, several years now, but uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. uh, The the first one. Like, that's a fantastic game that really immerses you in the world of Star Wars. And like, shower me with that well and like the, there's, people, there's people that hate uh, star wars the way i hate Avatar.
0: you know and that's that's the shame of it is again i played so many games last year that like i lost track of a lot of things and um and i probably would have put this above dead island um the the star wars second survivor game the fallen whatever it's
1: jedi, survivor, maybe? jedi
0: survivor jedi survivor might have been the first one i can't remember um, yeah,
1: which which. But, but yeah, the
0: the second one in that series was really good. You know, they they do a very good job with that. I I'm excited for Outlaws, but Outlaws is going to be Far Cry. It's going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be Far Cry with a Star Wars veneer.
1: Was was, was is Outlaws like the open world one?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're they're making it using the snow drop engine which is the same engine that they used for avatar um you know they've been working on it they've been making it more versatile and things like that like you couldn't you would fly like a helicopter and stuff like that in some of the far cry games um and to be able to like fly on the ekron and everything was pretty cool they definitely can tweak things this way and that for for the Snowdrop engine um but you definitely like, see I'm doing the exact same stuff. You've got some kind of crafting mechanism where you're doing, you know, I'm trying to make my, I I can carry more weapons or I can carry more healing items or something like that. And, and really that, that piece right there for me determines whether or not I'm going to like your far cry game, because like the third one and the fourth one had very much like a situation where, all right, you're going to go into the wilderness and find some animals to kill that are very specific animals that's how you're going to upgrade your equipment pouches oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and avatar is somewhat like that, but it's a very robust system and it eventually starts to kind of like wear on you a little bit. Um, so that was eight. Seven was something that was, that's currently on game pass. I think it's, it's going to permanently be on game pass because it's one of their first party games um, is Ghostwire Tokyo, which is uh, I think it was something that was briefly, PlayStation uh, exclusive when Bethesda was not first party, so they were like, "All right, you're going to have this for a little while," and then eventually it came to Xbox. And it makes sense that it would be like a a Sony exclusive to to start because you know it's it's set in Japan and everything. And the whole shtick is you're going around uh, dealing with ghosts in Tokyo, trying to uh, reconnect with your sister who's being like abducted for like a dark ritual or something like that. um, very kind of like uh, like Fatal Frame esque, like those elements where you know you're running into ghosts and just trying to survive for your life, um, and you know sending out like spiritual energy to to kill them off and everything. A a very fun exploration game where you're just kind of like exploring the environment and you know picking up equipment. And I like the the upgrade structure in that game. Um, it it was very different than most games that I played. Uh, and I hope that they do something more with it, because it was a very fun IP. Uh, I'll have to
1: check that one out on Game Pass. What's that? I'll have to check that one out on Game Pass. Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely like, you can get what, whatever mileage you want out of it. Like, I, I'm a big collector, so like I like to go around and do things. And I had to collect every single like stray spirit that was in you know that game. Uh, right. to get my my damn achievement. Um, my sixth game is Arcade Paradise. I don't know, remember if I was talking to you. I think I have a review out for this game. It was one of the only games that I reviewed in 2023 on that's Entertainment, and it is a simulation arcade game shop thing. Like you're you own an arcade. Um, technically you own a laundromat you find arcade games in the laundromat and you go that's what's really going to make money here and you slowly convert your laundromat into an arcade and while you're doing it you're actually playing these games and they're very reminiscent of old games so like they have a cabinet that is like Pac-Man but it's flavored like Grand Theft Auto so you're driving (laughs) around in a car picking up weird pellets or I think it was like dollars or, or gold coins or something like that Um, and then they have a power pellet that turns your car into a tank and you can run over the cops that are running after you and stuff like that. They have like a dig dug alike. They have, um, you know, like your pole position stuff. They have, uh, a couple of games that are like more internal to the company that made arcade paradise. Like they've made other games in the past. So they had like zombie Nader and stuff like that, but they had frogger. They had, um, streets of rage or golden Axe or whatever you want to call it. It It ended up being like something like 30 games. And it was just a very fun experience because to do that right, you end up with a very fun game. So it was very cool to have like the simulation element where you're going around trying to, to make an arcade that's bustling and bringing in more people. And the fun thing was playing the games was how you increase how much people like playing those games. Oh, that's cool. So like they would have an achievement for you on the arcade cabinet saying like, all right, in, in, in this shooter game, you have to get this score. And once you get that score, the amount of money that you get from that machine goes up to this level or something like that. And then obviously the more money you get, the more you can buy other machines and things. Right, right, right. Yeah. So very fun that's experience. Yeah. And I, I think that's on Game Pass right now as well.
1: That to me so far sounds like the most enticing game.
0: Yeah, that's because very fun. I, I probably spent like weeks playing that. It was it was a lot of fun because I was trying to... to Even though I didn't need to, I was trying to knock out all the achievements on the cabinets.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, there's something about that that's very... I mean, it's different, but it's very, like, kind of SimCity-like. And there's... I have an affinity to those games.
0: There was a a nice juxtaposition between the simulation element and then, like, the actual, hey, I'm getting in there. Because it it really could have gone either way. Like, it could have been there was a game that came out on steam that I backed on Kickstarter simply because I was trying to get quantum quests logo, like in the game or whatever um, it called arcade tycoon. And it, and it's just the simulation aspect, but the fact that they married the simulation and like the actual gameplay, yeah. it yeah, was a yeah, nice yeah. juxtaposition because it could have just been like, Hey, I can go to any of these arcade games and, and just hit the a button and play the game. But it was right. that other that connective tissue that really made it good. Yeah. So. I'm sure uh number five on my list and another license uh out there is hogwarts legacy um real big harry potter fan uh despite you know the creator and everything like that um and they did everything right for the most part like the only thing that they didn't do was they didn't have quidditch um and that's wild that's the
1: one like when you tell when you say the words harry potter to me. I think of Magic, Wands, and Quidditch. Right. Like, like, even before The Boy That Lives and and The Man With No Nose. Like, right. Those well, are the things I think of.
0: And I, I'm guessing just mechanically, it had to have been difficult for them to figure out how to do it properly. Like, right. Quidditch is not a slow game. So to try and make it happen while everything else was kind of measured and slow and everything like that, like, the the combat, like, it has this, this element and this energy that feels quick, but it really was like, Hey, we need to make sure that you are able to dodge and deflect and stuff like that. And counter spell. But the, I mean, you're in Hogwarts, obviously, but you're in, you know, the 1800s or something like that, I think. So it was, they were able to explore their own story. It had by far one of the coolest, like end sequences to, to any game that I've ever played. Um, They, they, they captured a lot of the feel and a lot of the magic, so to speak, right. of what made Harry Potter such a, an interesting um, property. Because you were, you got to pick out your broom, you got to pick out your wand, you got to set up your character the way that it made the most sense for you. And really just, like, I spent so much damn time exploring Hogwarts, looking for pages, using the stupid <laughs> Revelio spell, um, and... <laughs> It really was just like a fun little distraction, especially, I mean, we were still in the middle of feeling unsafe because of COVID and everything like that. Like it wasn't until this year that like things started to slide into like, all right, we're feeling a little better. And it happened very early on. So it was like a nice transition project to I'm feeling better.
1: Harry Potter and and Hogwarts and stuff for me is like such a point in time property that, I enjoyed the books specifically from like book three and on and, and same thing with the movies. Like I don't hate any of the movie. well, the, the actual Harry Potter movies, I, you know, it's, I enjoyed And like, I'll probably go through them with, with the kids as they want to, to watch them. But it's like, it's a property that just did not stick around for me. Like that I have not, I, I love the concept of, of wizards and, and, and magic and stuff, but, it's just a property that, like, eh, I, I'd rather find something else that does it.
0: I think the the magic of Harry Potter as a series kind of slows down as he gets older because the the childlike wonderment starts mm. to disappear. So, Which like, is funny
1: because that's when I start enjoying it when it gets darker and more adult is when right. I start to enjoy it. Like, I like, I think like
0: six and both parts of seven kind of just petered off for me. Like, I don't really care too much about it at that point.
1: Well, and I don't, I mean, I don't, I I know the story. I just, I don't remember specific Like I just, I I remember like three, uh, Prisoner of whatever.
0: Right. And and to your point, I think that is absolutely when it gets good. But instead of going three on to seven, I think probably three, four, five is like my sweet spot. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. No. Um, Yeah. And, and I think, again, I think, because I guess we're slightly older than than when those books were released for like who they were meant for, right? Um, and same thing with the movies. Even I think we were slightly older uh, than who they were meant for. So three is where it starts to feel like oh, this is like they're kids, but this is adult, right? And I and I think I don't know what happens after five. I think you're right. I think six and seven one seven two or whatever.
0: Yeah. There's there's half blood prince and deathly hallows. They just kind of they got a little too adulty and they got a little too boring.
1: And like fantastic beasts, nothing. I mean, everything against that. Stuff. Like I just it just didn't click. It didn't click for me right. at all. Uh, so that's for for me that that franchise is such a point in time franchise that there's nothing that's come out since deathly hallows in in the harry potter series for for me to be like let me get back into harry right. potter. Right. The closest was Trey saying he wanted to read the first book, and I said, "Great, we're not buying them. I have them somewhere, but we're not we're not spending a penny on on on, on it. Well, I'll go buy them secondhand if we need new books or whatever."
0: Right. Because you didn't uh, want to uh,
1: support. No, yeah, that, and I I have a very uh, hard line with support. That's why I wouldn't buy Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, other than the fact that it's just not a thing I'm interested in anymore. Right. But like, and I know, like, I realistically. Me buying that game or not is not going to affect her. It's going to affect the people that design the game. She got her money already. Right. I don't think she's really getting royalties off that game.
0: She probably um, is. Uh, she, she
1: probably 100% is. But, yeah,
0: yeah. but but eventually, like, there's so much. came play.
1: from the licensing.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so much in this world that you and I would have to hate based on who created Oh, yeah.
1: You're absolutely you know? right. They're- You're absolutely right, and and for and it's just for and again, I think it's more so that it's just not a franchise that did enough to keep me on, on board, right? Um, and and the fact that she's a horrible human being uh, makes it easy for me to be like, cool, right? Well, yeah, you know, if it wasn't for number one,
0: have having Rihanna, who's such a magical being all on her own, who really likes that kind of stuff. And having gone to Universal so many times where the Harry Potter universe is a big part of it, um, right. I, I probably wouldn't be as stuck in as I am either. Um, but but I have been more uh, exposed to it, you know, than, than and, you have.
1: And as our, my kids are now, the, the two older ones are now to the point where they'll enjoy Universal Studios. Who knows what will happen once we go? Right. like Like when we were in when Jen and I went to Europe and we were in London, there was this great Harry Potter store, obviously not licensed or anything. It was like a magic store, but like had so many cool Harry Potter things that like are neat, f- fantastic to look at. Um, and I think we ended up buying something for my niece cause she's into it. But um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a property that just left me behind. Right. Well, and
0: I, I think that's part of, our age and part of I mean, there's, there's going to be things that we don't like, you know, just based on the, the stuff that we're into. So right, right. you're, you're definitely more of the sci-fi thing and I'm more of the fantasy thing. So I think it kind of yeah. speaks to us. It
1: is crazy to me how much I love like working in that world of fantasy and how much like, I remember kind of loving. And maybe it's because like all my fantasy memories are mainly like Hercules and Greek mythology, which is mm-hmm. like, kind of outside of fantasy is not sword and sorcery.
0: Right. It's it's more mythology.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. And, like, I love d and I love D&D. But, like, like Lord of the Rings, like, yeah. people walking outside of it, it's still a very hard movie for me to get into. Right. And you, I mean, um, you liked
0: you liked the new version of Willow. I don't know how much you, you remember the old version or anything like that. I love the
1: old I, 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 I love the, because I, I, I did watch that before the series came out. Yeah. Um, and I loved Willow. That was a great movie. And I don't I don't know if it was because of the cast or what. And I love the TV series. Like, I know people have issues with that. Because I didn't cling to that as, like, a childhood memory. Right. Um, because I... I, I mean, that series came out... Was that a 2023 series?
0: I think it was earlier. It might have been 2022. I feel like I wasn't... Okay. I wasn't at uh, at the county yet. Um, I, you know what? So So, when it comes to, like inner man like mantras and everything like that one of my things is consistency and it is clear that willow the movie and willow the show are very inconsistent properties like it's not the same at all you you completely go for a a left turn you know almost a 180 and go the opposite direction where just things did not feel like willow
1: uh yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh but again, as someone who didn't grow up watching that movie and loving right. that movie as a child, like I feel like if you were to make a Back to the Future 4 somehow, you're you're gonna really piss me off. Or a Back right. to the Future TV series, you're gonna really piss me off. There is a Back to the Future TV series. Okay. Not the end of <laughs> um, it. Uh, you know what
0: you, I, I think to your point, I think that you you're a hundred percent right. There is going to be a part of us that no matter what, we're gonna be like, I hate this. Like right. it's it's not not my back to the future. But right. but there's also that hope that ten years down the line we go, all right, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Um cool.
1: And I think the perfect example with that is the prequel trilogy to Star Wars. Right,
0: right. There's a lot of people who like it. Gerard was talking to me about that the other day, uh, about how like...
1: I will say that those three movies still are, for me, the worst of the Star Wars films. Right. Um, I can rewatch two and three and enjoy them now. Not one. Uh, not right,
0: one, one was what I was saying. I couldn't really get past either, um, right. and and I don't think that uh, that Hayden Christensen is as bad an actor as some people
1: would no, like to say. I don't think so. Yeah, especially like seeing him come back to that character now. Right, like well, I it's, obviously he's more written, nuanced.
0: It's written better now too.
1: True, true, but um, and and, and that cartoon series like opened up my our generation to that prequel era right yeah the
0: the two clone wars series right
1: uh the clone Wars series the rebel series which isn't really related to that but like there was like what seven seasons of the clone wars right um that that really made that era of star wars something that i love it's one of my favorite eras of star wars right uh just not in the movies right um and but there's a whole generation of kids that are 10 15 years younger than us that they swear by those three movies and they don't really like the original trilogy and that's why with the sequel trilogy like I'm not I I get it like I enjoy them for what they are uh, I have my issues with with uh, the, the third one specifically um, but at the end of the day like there is a whole generation of kids that in 15 years are gonna love those movies to death right. and us as fans will probably go back and see those three films in a new light and say, oh, you know what? These are not that bad because they're not. They're not bad movies. I don't think. <laughs> I know Last Jedi is not yours. But.
0: <laughs> um, so in, in keeping with consistency, uh, I will say that we ended up going off on a tangent like we are yes. wont to do. <laughs> um awesome <laughs> <laughs>
1: is back, baby.
0: <laughs> Number four, my fourth top game of 2023 was Tears of the Kingdom um it really did like so much for a zelda game that you would not like expect breath of the wild was very much hey let's wipe everything off the board and and take it from a new perspective we're going to make it a is a where... breath of
1: the wild is a very unique zelda game and now, i'm right. not the biggest the biggest zelda guy right um but i played most of the games and right. breath of the wild is breathtaking
0: Right, it's it's a a lonely game. We're talking Breath of the Wild, not Tears of the Kingdom here. It's a lonely game where you get to do a lot of exploring, usually without like any handholding. You know, like you can, if you want, you can go in and, you know, try and figure out ways and directions to go and everything like that. But it really does kind of reward exploration and things like that. Sure. Tears of the Kingdom, it it doesn't necessarily reward exploration quite the same way because the world is more. Uh, Populated, You run into people who were missing from IRL um, and things like that, but it let you explore things in a different kind of creative sandbox because it gave you the opportunity to build things and kind of slap them all together in ways that like nobody in the gaming industry can understand. Like Tears of the Kingdom was so breathtaking because the physics of it all shouldn't make sense nintendo figured out a way to make things work that people are still looking at it and going how how is this working and and i'm certainly not artistic enough or creative enough to do half the stuff that you see people do online where they make these sweeping constructions using you know the items that are at the ready and then they'll figure out ways to exploit bugs and they'll figure out ways to use items in ways that were not intended and they do like the craziest things Part of 2023 that, like, I lost so much time doing was looking at the stuff that people created in Tears of the Kingdom because it was so intense. And it was, like, people going, all right, they give you these tools. I'm going to try and see if I can get from point A to point Z without dropping from the sky. And people did it. It was insane. It was insane. The, like, the amount of creativity that they fostered in a game like that, that single player that somehow brought people together is yeah. is very, very cool.
1: It is a game that like, I will eventually pick up and play. I got to finish the first one first. Because right. Breath of the Wild is the first Zelda game that, in a long time that I've picked up and like, oh, I, I like Zelda. Yeah. Uh, Ocarina of Time is is a game that I, I like. And uh, the SNES, uh, Link to the Past. Right. Like They're the three Zelda games that like ever really captured my imagination um as as a as a a gamer in that i mean it's 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 adjacent to final fantasy but i've always been more of a final fantasy person than i am zelda person right Uh, breath of the wild like did a lot of work to like i mean i stopped playing it because again i add or whatever right
0: well and you know what the thing about uh breath of the wild was too a lot of breath of the wild was very repetitive you're doing the same thing over and over again. You right, know, yeah, you know, even like the bosses that they introduced, I think that was the biggest complaint with Breath of the Wild was you're, you're going to these four magical divine beasts or whatever, and every one of them had the same set dressing, so to speak, it felt very mm-hmm. Sammy. Whereas in Tears of the Kingdom, when you're getting to these bosses, and even like the mini bosses that you find out in the world, it felt very varied. It felt very expressive. Right. It felt very much, all right, this it belongs in this part of the world. Um, so, and, and then they introduced the very cool mechanic of having the underworld, which is kind of like they upside down, you know, like oh, it was very reflective of what you would see in the future uh, in the, uh, on the above world stuff. So like you would find a shrine, you don't care if I'm spoiling this for you, right? Not, I'll forget Six it. <laughs> months later. Um, they would have a shrine that you could go to in the above world. Or or in the sky, because there's three levels. There's the sky, there's the overworld, and there's the underworld. Um and a shrine that you would find in either of the two, you know, overworld or the sky, would be a um like a weird like light blossom tree in the the underground. And that would be how you would be able to light up the underground because you'd know where to go based on the way that the map looks. Like uh, okay. I mean- I can identify it here, put that stamp on my map down here and that's like the direction that I need to go. Interesting. Very very cool stuff. Like they did a lot of cool things and and again like going back to like the the construction aspect of it. And I mean Rihanna would play the crap out of it and she was very much like I don't like this part of it. I don't like to construct <laughs> everything and she was still having a really good time. So it has a little bit of stuff for everybody. Right. All right. Number 3. Spider-Man 2. So Spider-Man two is in my top three. Um, it is, I really, like I said, I really liked Spider-Man one enough to completely forgo NaNoWriMo four years ago or whenever it was, I was right. like 20,000 words into silver serpent volume two. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do this. Anymore. <laughs> it was so much fun. I, they got the mechanics of, of being Spider-Man, right. Um and, and that's to say nothing of in the first one the the very well done job that they did with the storyline and everything. Right. Um they made it very much feel like I, I think I, I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man one or two, but it's right up there with the the Toby Maguire Spider-Man's. Tom Holland's it's a different feel. So like I sure. it's very hard to to describe it. I would almost say that it feels like the animated Show with a little bit more heart. Um, oh, there you go. And there's so much connective tissue. Like they they don't like hold it like hold your hand, saying like, "All right, this is the seventh time you've you've experienced meeting Otto Octavius for the first time, or anything like that." They assume that you know who he is, so like they just jump right in, and you very much feel like you're part of this tapestry that's already existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're seeing you know Kingpin out in the wild, or you're seeing Shocker or stuff like that. Um, it very much feels like, all right, this is what, what it was meant to be. And somehow Spider-Man two, like ramps it up even more because they give you both Spider-Man right from the beginning. Um, Miles is introduced as like the sidekick kind of character in the first one. And I don't really think that you play as him until the expansion, but in this one, you're playing as both of them. Um, And the, the big bad of this one is of course, Craven. Um, And it, the storyline in this one is so much more intense and everything like that. The, the issue that, that I have typically is when I'm playing a game, I like to do the collection stuff. So like, if you're giving me a version of New York, a version of Manhattan where I can go around and do all this stuff, I am going to do all that stuff before I get to the story. Right. So it is kind of funny to have things where it's an emergency to get this XYZ stuff done but be like, well, I want to do Mysterio's Mysteriums. <laughs> do all this first. Or I want to go around and collect all the Spider-Bots and everything like that. And then you get into the story after five hours of exploring and everything like that. And it's so deep and rich and everything like that. Like Spider-Man 2, there's there's a lot of complaints about like, I feel like, when did it come out? November? Something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. Are we past spoiler territory? I think so. All right. Do you care if I spoil for you? No. Nah. So the big bads, Craven and Venom, right? The And Venom is positioned first the way that you would typically... Venom is the only thing that's new to this universe, basically. Um, you and I ha- like know the origin of Venom and every other oh. thing. And Pete and this universe already knows his rogue gallery. You know, there's nobody who he's not met with the exception of Green Goblin um, because Norman hasn't turned into Green Goblin yet. And um, and Venom ends up being the reason that Harry is able to survive some disease or something like that. So at some point in this story, you've got three Spider-Men running around because you've got Pete, Miles and Harry in his Venom suit, basically. So oh, interesting, and you can run into these other Spider Men like during like the the crime things that happen in the in the city. So like I'll be Miles, and all of a sudden I'll be laying the smackdown on people, and all of a sudden Harry shows up to lend a hand, and it blends together like these nice like co op moves and everything. Everything is just cinematically just beautiful, and. And then you get into like the real story of it because that all happens within probably the first like three or four hours because craven is like the the kind of experience that gets everybody and everything moving forward and then harry shows up with his venom suit and then tragedy happens and pete dies um
1: i would imagine since miles is in it this is probably the ultimate Universe, right? Well,
0: I don't think that it's ultimate. I don't think that it's. I think it's its own universe. Um, okay. They they featured in um, uh, Spider Man Across the Universe. Um, the Sony Spider Man Two Pete is in that, um, okay. and obviously Pete doesn't stay dead. You know, the Venom suit picks him because he's got actual Spider Man powers. Harry at this point is only you know mimicking Spider Man powers because he's around Pete. Um, so it does definitely go down the, the dark Spider-Man route where Venom is making him more angry and everything like that and not, huh? Does he dance? He does not dance to the best of my knowledge. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, but the the complaint that a lot of people had is they, they kill three of the villains off off screen. Um, or, or it might be two. So I know that Electro, and vulture die off screen. Oh, I think, I think it's just those two. And chameleon dies on screen. Um, you want or yeah, chameleon dies on screen. I think it's chameleon. Chameleon is the one with the um, the oh, scorpion. Scorpion is the one who dies on screen. Yeah. Chameleon wouldn't make sense because chameleon is actually related to Craven, uh, to the best of my knowledge. um a chameleon doesn't show up in this game but anyway yeah so two of them die off screen you see like parts of like parts of their equipment in craven's layers or something like that and people were a little bit upset about that they were a little bit upset about there's there's so many reasons that people are upset about this game that for me i'm like why do you care so much like people are not happy these days with the way that like female characters look in games and it just boggles my mind like go touch grass. Like there's real women out there and you're probably too weird to talk to them, but like they exist work on yourself before you're worrying about this stuff. The, uh, the Mary Jane actress does not look in game the way that somebody expects this person to look. And like, she's being harassed left and right about, about this stuff. People found out like where she was working the other day and called her place of business. And like, she doesn't feel safe to work at her place of business because of how crummy people are people Um, are the worst be better listeners it it, it's not that hard to just enjoy something for what it is and like there's so many like female characters who like their sex appeal is not like the the primary trait for them and people just get so bent out of shape about it and it just like i feed me your tears (laughs) (laughs) so that was my my uh number three game my number two game is a game called dismantle which i think probably came out on steam prior to 2023 it might even have been on xbox prior to that um and it was just a game that i found out about and it is a zombie apocalypse game where uh it's top down so you're getting like a isometric view and the whole concept is pretty much every part of the world eventually you can break so it starts you off with like a stick or something like that, or like a crowbar and you're able to smack apart like sinks and toilets and stuff for porcelain pieces or tires for rubber or, you know, certain kinds of trees for wood and stuff like that. And you're building equipment. And like I was telling you earlier, a lot of what I like in a game is how like you can craft things and the crafting system in this game was very, um, extensive, and it very much felt like a fun upgrade system. Um, I think it may have been um, co-op, and I was trying to get my brother to play, but by the time he got it, like, I was done. And um, he ended up playing through it on his own as well. And it was just, like, one of the coolest games because you and I are very big fans of, like, any kind of, like, zombie experience. So it was fun to, to see the way that they did that in this style game. Because typically, like if you're doing a zombie game, you're doing it first person because that's where you get the scares and stuff like that. Right, right, right. They managed to do a an experience like this where it was very fun um, to have it in that isometric kind of look. And there was a, a weird lore to the game that was fun to explore as well. It's I don't think that it's ever been on Game Pass. I think I picked it up on sale for like $10 or something like that. It might be something uh, to look out for in the future. It was one of those games where... Again, I probably played it for like three or four weeks. And it was oh, like, wow. every time I was getting home, I was like, I got to play this for a little bit. Um, it was very fun. But my top game was uh, Grounded. And Grounded was an early access. about
1: to work a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, Grounded is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
1: Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: but survival. So it's, you're one of four tiny people uh, in a scientist's backyard. Um, you're going to run into ants and ladybugs and aphids and weevils and spiders. And the spiders are your big bads of this, this world. Um, and it's got like fun little base building and everything because you're trying to come back to your base at the end of every night when things get scary and, you know, make sure that you've got enough food for the next day. Make sure that your armor is getting better every time you go out into the world. Um, and it very much had like a, like eighties, nineties cartoon kind of vibe. It was a very fun experience. It was still an early access when I played it. It didn't, I think, officially come out until, I want to say, like, quarter three of 2023. Um, So, like, I technically didn't even get, like, the full experience. And this was prior to me doing any of the Twitch stuff. I probably put a good 200 hours into this game. It was... And, and at some point, like, I went back and said, Matt, if you start over, like, for like if you play, I'll start over from scratch. We found out while we were eating dinner, like, at Thanksgiving or Easter or something like that, that my stepsister was playing it. And we were like, oh, we all got to get together and play this. And it was just, like, such a fun experience because, again, same, same kind of concept as with uh, Tears of the Kingdom. They give you a tool set that you can do a little bit more with than you maybe think that you could do. So, like, they give you, like, trampolines. And people were making elevators with this game. Like, they were, like, building this stuff where, like, you could, like, crouch down underneath your construction, stand up, and it would shoot you into the sky. They had zip lines that you could make so that you were going from one side of the yard to the other. Like, again, where people were, like, exploiting things that I'm sure the creators were, like, thinking, like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that. And it was just, like, really, really fun to watch what other people were doing online. Like, I'm not... I'm very antisocial with a, a way to hide it to regular people. So like, if right. I'm at a convention and you're coming up to me, it hurts me to be nice. to you. <laughs> no, that's, that's a lie. But, uh, but like, it does like drain my social battery and stuff like that. So typically speaking, like I'm not trying to go out and get um, like that. Hey, let's talk experience. So right. for me to go out and be like, all right, like I got to see what the community is doing. Like that says something for, for the game. right? Um, it, I, I feel like Grounded is one of those games where I will be happy to go back and play it again later. Kind of like a Minecraft or something like that. Um, it just, it part of it's very relaxing and the parts that can be a little bit scary, you can you can usually just lower the difficulty if it's being stressful to you. And um, you can turn off the, arach- they have an arachnophobia mode. That, oh, we'll see. Yeah, so it turns the spiders into, like, weird circles instead. They don't have the eight legs. They don't have the creepy eyes. I think you can, like, at the, there's different levels of their arachnophobia mode, too. So, like, oh. if you wanted to be like, all right, like, I don't want to see anything spider-related at all. It might even make the noise that the spiders make go away.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like,
0: that's cool. Yeah. Re- Rihanna is definitely
1: like, like, deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah. Like, I don't like spiders, but like, I don't, I can watch them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I can deal with anything. They have a couple of different spiders in this game. They've got, uh, orb weavers, wolf spiders, and like the black widow matriarch and stuff like that. Um, it, it's a very varied game. And I, I hope that. So, Obsidian, which is the company that makes it, they, um, they were the game, uh, the company that made, um, Fallout New Vegas. And Mm -hmm. they're currently making, um, Avowed, which is going to be like a new like Elder Scrolls like game um, for, I think it's supposed to come out this year and I think uh, even like later this month, I think on the 18th there's a new presentation for Xbox. I might have seen something that's unofficial but um, that should be on the docket. The new Indiana Jones game should be on the docket um, and then there's two other games that uh, that it looked like they were trying to preview um, but I really hope that this company sees the community response and makes a grounded too, because I never got to go indoors. Um, I feel like there's so many more like things that you could see because you only see bugs. You don't see mice. You don't see rats. You don't see squirrels. Oh. The, the only other thing that those you see was that
1: those things live outside. They
0: do. You don't see um mammals, but you do see a bird that I don't think does anything to you. Like there's nothing that the bird does except occasionally when it flies around, it drops a feather, which you can use for some of your equipment. And then there's a koi fish in the pond where if you get too close to you, it will fuck your shit up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, nothing, Outside of that, but like people are doing like so much with what we have, like, I'd really like to see like, all right, we got to go inside. And one of the other things is, and I don't know if they, they turn their backs on this or not, but they're supposed to be a cartoon show based on
1: grounded. Oh, interesting. Is yep. this a Game Pass game or no?
0: Yep, because it's first party uh, Xbox. So...
1: I, you did something, right. so I'll, I'm gonna. I might check that out tonight. I gotta be careful because 2024 is my year of creation. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just completely that... just just completely throw you
0: off the rails.
1: The good news is, I think that my like, I don't know if it's ADD or ADHD. Like, I definitely have something that's hard for me to focus on any one thing at a time. So. I don't, I think that's why I don't finish a lot of games. So, uh, so, so I'm not too bad. I'm not. Right. Too busy. Um, anything else on the video game front before nope. we, that is it for 2023.
0: We'll have another hour and 15 minutes for you at the end of 2024.
1: Right. Well, uh, and I'm going to try to keep, uh, the rest of the show, uh, quick a, because, uh, it's 2:20. B, uh, on Saturday. Have... Yes. On a Saturday you have a meeting that's unrelated to work with an artist, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Charlie.
0: I'm trying to get something going with my, my soon to be deputy mayor.
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So before we get to movies, because I didn't really keep track of TV shows the same way. uh, I'm going to shout out a couple TV shows. I saw this year that I really, really dug. Um, Goosebumps was actually a really good show. Um, what What If season two, Chef's Kiss, mm-hmm. um, Percy Jackson started in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, I think, guess it
0: would have. yeah yeah because they're and up to
1: episode five. Yeah, and that's been a decent show. Yeah, I've been, I haven't been
0: disappointed that. with that.
1: Um, uh, it's a shame that it was canceled, but um, uh. Oh god, flat uh, our, our flag means
0: dead. death. Yeah. I
1: was enjoying season 2. Season 1 was better, but I was enjoying season 2. I think the highlight for TV for me in 2023 and I'm probably missing a lot that I can't remember off the top of my head. There had to be Was there a Marvel show this year?
0: Yeah, uh yes, there was, but we don't acknowledge
1: it. Oh yeah, okay. It that <laughs> Yeah, we don't acknowledge that one. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to what Marvel, she,
0: was that, was She-Hulk?
1: Oh, 2023? No, was it? Was it? I don't think so. I think that was 2022.
0: So let's see. It was... Mm,
1: this is the problem with Marvel. Loki. Too Loki, of course. Oh, Loki was really good. Loki probably was... I, here's, here's what I'll say. I, uh, Ahsoka, Loki Season 2, and uh, the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials I think, and what if, and what if season two? They're like the top four things I think from from 2023 in the world of TV for me at least. Right. Um, with I think I think my favorite thing from 2023 was was the giggle from Doctor Who, as far as TV is concerned.
0: That was really I good. Think,
1: I think that um, the other two specials were a lot of fun with David Tennant and Catherine Tate, um, uh, but.
0: I think the giggle was a water cooler moment,
1: it, and, and it, yeah, it, it, it was a water cooler moment. It was very emotional, and and even though you spoiled it for me willingly, uh, I knew it was going to happen. It still got me to the point where I was like, "I'm going to tear David Tennant's going to make me cry again." Uh huh. <laughs>
0: It was so fun, like, because you're, you're the person who I can willingly spoil things to. Like, you'll be right. like, I, I don't care. You can tell me whatever. But I've gotten to a point, mostly, Gerard will tell you mostly, where I <laughs> do not spoil things for people. Um, and to watch Rihanna's, you know, experience where she was like, they're, they're going to pull the rug out from under me. Like, this is bullcrap. And, like, they're, they're just, you know. They're going to put like put a tragedy on me to watch right. her have that experience. Like she yeah. openly wept for a completely different reason. Right. Um, it, it was very fun to uh, to watch her have that experience
1: and and I, and not only that moment, like getting to keep David Tennant around for hopefully specials here and there um, and just knowing that his version of the doctor is out there and happy right. you know seemingly. Um, I think that's great. Uh, being introduced to the fifteenth Doctor, uh, Shuti Gatwa, I think I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he's a, a, a joy as the Doctor, very much so. Um, lo- I mean, and and, and I he carried well as-
0: himself with so much poise, dignity, yeah. and like confidence. Like for him to be like the one who like cradled tenant. Yes, yeah, it was very impressed, it,
1: and that was emotional, and and even like getting to know him more in the Christmas episode, which I enjoyed thoroughly. I don't know that that's part of my top five experience of TV. Um, But uh, seeing him in the giggle was, was fantastic. But one of the standout moments was Neil Patrick Harris in the giggle, very specifically, and not because it was a Spice Girl moment, but it was just such a fun, very British moment, despite the American actor uh, to, to have Neil Patrick Harris be this very uh, charismatic villain who is singing and dancing uh, and and the chaos that ensues in that moment.
0: Right. As much as we were talking about Chudy being able to go toe-to-toe with, with uh, Tennant as the Doctor, Neil Patrick Harris really was perfect to, to be able to keep up with the witticisms of David Tennant yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. A very formidable... Uh, right. foe and actor to be alongside and
1: him. Russell T. Davis said something wonderful in one of the behind the scenes that I watched for The Giggle is that if there was an American Doctor Who Neil Patrick Harris would be the perfect guy right. to be the equivalent of the David Tennant Doctor or even his own thing. And it's it, it, it makes it like a shame that, that Doctor Who has become such a global thing that there is, there will never really be an, an American adaptation. Like they tried it kinda in the, with that, with the Eighth Doctor. Professor um,
0: Space Time, my dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but I would love to see Neil Patrick Harris play in that world more. And, and it's not, necessarily done for him like right. he did he's, I, still,
0: he's still there technically yeah speaking. so
1: and and there is and and i guess we'll probably see it pay off sometime with the 15th doctor but he mentions like oh there's stuff that we don't talk about doctor to david Tennant. and so i have a feeling that parts of the toy uh maker's story are not done right i agree media. I agree. And, and we also saw
0: elements of the master show up in that episode as yeah, well. Yeah. So, but
1: uh, for TV, like that was really, I think, the standout moment for me. Um, other than that, though, like it was really like a low key 60th anniversary. Like, um, it, you know, it.
0: Yeah. Cause usually they will, you know, they'll play with the older doctors and stuff right, like that. Like, 50th it, was it, the three doctors.
1: Right. Right. And it was, it was kind of like you got your two doctor moment, but it was. The big thing was that it was David Tennant versus right. it being multiple Doctors. Um, but it so so I don't know if, it, and, and as someone who has been watching Doctor Who only really since 2005, uh, you know, I don't know how like proper Doctor Who fans over in London feel over in UK. But, um, you know, it, it felt like a low-key anniversary moment more so than like just a very awesome like, new era of another new era of doctor who being right. kind of introduced but you know it, it, i mean
0: very much we are in the hooniverse era so it's very yeah. possible that you know he didn't want to tip his cards all that much uh right. rtd when he's doing that kind of stuff so maybe that had some part to play in it as well right. um yeah you know, we'll see um anything
1: TV that stands out to you that we didn't really talk about?
0: Two things. And one of them is kind of the same way as like, yeah, I played games in 2023 that might not have come out in 2023. Obviously in uh, in the UK, they've been doing Taskmaster for years oh, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Taskmaster was a joy that we've discovered this year to the point that like when we do our Wizards and Winter Party, there's going to be elements of Taskmaster to play. Yeah. Um it, it is we have been going backwards in time. So we started with season 15 while season 15 was come was was being watched season 16 was coming out. so we've since watched all of season 16 all the way back and we're on season one finishing the last two episodes of that. Um, I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> as, that, as that starts to close up they they do i think two seasons a year and then every now and then they'll do a special as well like they had a new year's special that was like a one-off um so that that's very fun and uh rihanna got me a for christmas a taskmaster book that's filled with tasks that you can do and like groups and stuff like that and we may incorporate some of that into our, our wizards party Um, The other thing that was big for me this year to the point where I almost uh, applied before I got sick and thought there's no way that I can pull this off um, was the squid game live experience. That was so much of a, again, like a water cooler moment thing to watch. Um, And, and it was just like a very fun bit of reality TV. And I will watch trash television, reality TV every now and then, but like a comedy show, or I'm sorry, not a comedy. A a competition show that uh, that gripped me as much as that. It it comes very far and few between. Right. right.
1: Um. And one last TV shout out moment for me is actually the Chucky TV series, which is yeah. also like a. It, it did air in 2023, but uh, season one, very specifically, was like amazing. Season three, um, it's good, just not maybe as good as the first season. Yeah. Uh, which actually leads me to the uh, movies, which again, not a 2023 thing, but new to me in 2023 was the world of Chucky. I like dove hard into child's play and, and the Chucky movies and then the Chucky TV series. And it is such a wonderful world that, and, and wonderful in the sense that like, it's just a fun world to, to, to experience, especially like when you look at the first two or three child play movies, which are like very much a horror movie. Um, and then you move into like some silliness with the bride and Seed of Chucky, which is right. a little bit more what the TV series is. Um, but then you move into like back into like the world of horror with uh cult of, and um, uh, the curse of Chucky and the cold of Chucky are like the last two films before you get to the TV series. And the TV series does a wonderful job of blending every era of Chucky together. Yeah. Uh, And and I will say Chucky now has the vibe of um, probably a little bit more of like a serious tone than uh, like bride and see the Chucky has, but it's very much in the vein of that era. Chucky. Right. Uh, But Better, I think, um, and I that like that, that was probably the biggest surprise to me in 2023 was how much I loved Chucky. He, uh, I mean,
0: I don't think that they had any of the like houses in Universal fitted towards him or anything like that this year for Halloween Horror Nights. But people all over the place were wearing Chucky stuff, so it it is a huge property that they really need to be, you know, putting some more into. And
1: yeah, and I think the uh, Don whatever who who created it. Uh, He said that once the TV series wraps up, he has ideas for future films. So, uh, and I know at one point the new child's play with Mark Hamill as the voice of of Chucky was a thing. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, And they were hoping to make a sequel to that, but because current day, like OG Chucky is running around doing stuff, they haven't. Which is probably for the best. I think the OG Chucky is really, really good, but right. that was probably like the biggest like 2023 20, like surprise to me for for films. Um, before I hit the top ten, I have two shout outs, honorable mentions. Uh, Blue Beetle. This is was, for movies. Yeah, this is for movies. Um, Blue Beetle was a wonderful uh, uh, DC film that I hope finds its way into James Gunn's DCU because. Uh, a, it is one of the more unique films in superhero stuff. Um, much like Miss Marvel, it kind of exposes you to a new culture that as white guys, we're not really super familiar with. Um, and the cast all around was great. Um, I forget the guy who who, who plays uh, Jamie Reyes or I don't know. I don't know uh, Jolo, like,
0: Jolo from uh, Cobra Kai
1: yeah yeah but like he's a wonderful hero uh the guy that plays his dad you know what a heartwarming story that was did you see blue beetle i have not it is um george lopez who i don't think is a good person but uh (laughs) i don't know i've read some things where like it could go either way Uh, but george lopez like was wonderful in that movie yeah um and, and and that movie is i highly recommend it e- even though it's probably part of the death of the dc eu um it is could easily move its way over to the dc well, and i
0: think i think that um uh, has said that you know he's welcome in the new the new version of the universe that. I, I hope think so. so i think so
1: um but that was a great movie joyride is my other uh, honorable mention which you recommended to me nope. A few weeks ago.
0: Yep. I that was very, very funny.
1: Yes. I got it in at the end of the month, uh, end of the year. Uh, and it was a very funny movie. Um, again, it's an, it's another movie that um, really, I'm sure a lot of white dudes, a lot of white bros had a problem with because it was girl like a girl-led female comedy. Right. Uh, and outside of our normal culture that we see in that kind of rated R comedy stuff. And I think that Ashley Park was, like, just an amazing person uh, in that film. And I I don't know the supporting cast name, but her best friend, also wonderful. Yeah, Uh, I I would not do it
0: justice if I tried to. uh... Right.
1: But it is – and, like, the title is – like, I understand why they chose that for the title. But it really much doesn't feel like it's necessarily, like – when I think of Joyride, I think of, like, a road trip movie. Right. And it's –
0: It kind of is –
1: yeah. but no it, but I t-
0: joyride makes me think of if there might've even been a joyride the one the with the, oh, yeah 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 candy yeah, cane
1: yep but but joyride was like well i don't look at it as a road like it's not euro trip uh right it's not that kind of road trip movie right but it's so good it's so damn good but there were just so many good movies in in 2023 for me uh that um I just i couldn't put it over that. Uh so if there's one that uh, I'll go over them briefly. And then the ones that you've seen, we'll probably get into a, a mm-hmm. bigger discussion with, but uh, my number 10 spot is Runfield. Um, what a great movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage as Dracula chef's kiss. Uh, Nicholas Holt as, um, uh, as Runfield. What great, great.
0: Uh, did you see Runfield? I didn't see it, but I heard it. I was up here working and Rihanna was watching it downstairs yeah. and
1: it sounded fun. Such a fun movie um, for me. It was kind of like a great way to kick off this list. Uh, number nine, The Marvels. Um, that I really was... liked it. I thought that it
0: was it was probably unfairly targeted for the same reasons that you said Joyride was. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think. And it probably is to the betterment of uh, studios out there to be a little bit more aware of the fact that there are people who will bring things like that down based on that. I don't know that it's sustainable for you to do your your Ghostbusters movies with an all-led female cast or your Marvels or anything like that anymore. It Just because there is a lot of anti-woke sentiment and everything like that. It was a very fun movie. It was... I, I definitely think that... Um, the Miss Marvel actress, whose real name is escaping me at the moment, um, she is the heart of Marvel. Like she mm-hmm. is so enthusiastic and exuberant about that that little corner of the universe. Um, she is
1: to the MCU as Peter Parker is to the comics, right? Um, you know, she, you know, and 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 her show was was wonderful. Yep. Uh, and and um, and really was like that coming of age story that. And this movie, I think, did a great job of. Blending her world into normal MCU stuff, which right. I think, if there's and many, her family
0: was a great addition as well. Like so leaving them it. out would have been the biggest yeah. mistake.
1: They, if you have Miss Marvel in a MCU property, you need to include her family because so much of that character is who she is because of her family. Right, um, and it would be a shame to not include them. Right. Uh, you have to have mom, dad, and brother. You have to have. Right. Uh, uh, and I I, and I, think... Go I was going to say
0: the big complaint outside of the three women was the villain, um, and and I think t- to some extent, like I can kind of resonate with it, but I don't think that it was a villain story. You know, like no, I think it, it was... doesn't feel like that. Yeah, and and I think that that's okay. Like the MCU is so big at this point that you really don't need it to be like, hey, we need the next Thanos, like. Right. I think it's almost a misstep to do things that way. Like her villain was still interesting without being overpowered or anything like that. She had a good reason for things. Um, I I Um, was, I was happy with it.
1: I mean, really to, to a degree, captain Marvel was, was a villain in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's all about perspective. Right. Right. And she redeemed herself to some degree. But um, it, yeah, it, it, I think the big problem that Marvel movies have these days are just they're they're kind of cookie cutter. And this one wasn't su- super cookie cutter. Um, right. And I, I think the only reason it wasn't was because of the Miss Marvel aspect. I think if you don't have the Miss Marvel um, cast in this, this just feels like a run of the mill Marvel movie. Um, I think including including her. Gave this story so much more, and that doesn't take anything away from, uh, Photon. I forget, I forget the actress that plays her name. Um, she was wonderful and and she kind of seems to be going to be the character that brings in some sort of part of the, the X-Men universe. I mean, I guess technically Miss Marvel brought in the mutant aspect. She is the first official mutant in the MCU. Um, but, uh, I I'm excited to see the future that this movie kind of set up for us. Right. Um, Number eight for me is Evil Dead Rise, uh, a movie that I almost forgot that I watched in 2023. Um, and it is, um, what I liked about Evil Dead Rise is that unlike Evil Dead 2013, which really kind of evoked uh, the, the power of Evil Dead, uh, like the original movies, and really evoked that, that story, this was like wholly original. Yeah. Um and and to the point where like I could have used a little bit more of the goofiness that the deadites bring to an evil dead story but it was still it, it was like evil dead 2013 a scary movie. yeah um, it, it's not meant to be a goofy movie. Uh and uh and really only goofy and max can be a goofy movie. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um but that was a great movie. Um Number seven, I don't know, I, I doubt you watch this, uh, Kelsey, uh, the documentary on Amazon Prime. My God, it, it's, and, and, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because it, he's a Philadelphia Eagle, and, and I'm a huge Kelsey fan, but um, the, the, the documentary that was supposed to be the story of will Jason Kelsey play another year of football turned into a documentary about family and turned into a documentary about two brothers who play on different teams than the NFL, having probably their most successful year together. Right. Um, and it, it and then just like.
0: What a year to follow it up with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but from, from Jason Kelly's, Kelsey's point of view, it also like really, as someone who is older than Jason Kelsey, um, it really kind of like has you think like what is next for me like what right. is for, what for most for any
0: football career. player you know like right. you you live a life that is is glitz and glamour and a lot of hard work but like how do you change things up afterwards a lot of right. people that's the only life they know exactly
1: um, exactly and and it's and it can be really relatable in the sense of like like for a, a perfect example for me personally is like wrestling like when i gave that up uh i've been trying to fill that that what wrestling gave to me for so many years i've been trying to fill that void with all these different podcasts and and writing and stuff and and to a degree it's been successful and it has not been successful but like i it is it was such a great documentary a because it was jason kelsey b to see that like He is a normal dude, which isn't something you think of when you think of football players very often, but he very much lives in a house of chaos. Like I do. uh, And lives like as he's walking around the house, Oh, there's just shit everywhere because you got kids. It's very, um, it's very nice to see that, that a guy. Yeah. A human element to a guy who I really uh, enjoy in, in football. And as, I think, like, one of the few, like, oh, he's a football player that, like, I could have a beer with and, like, we'd have a lot to talk about, right. even though we might not have a lot in common. Um, number six for me was Dungeons & Dragons, which I think I originally had at my nine spot. Um, what a great little movie. It's a movie that felt like a D&D campaign. I
0: d d would have been like probably in my top three might have even been my top two might even be my top one it was I'm, I'm a huge fan of the found family trope and everything like mm-hmm. that the humor was so on point the actors did a phenomenal job I've liked uh the the two directors that worked on this movie also worked on one of my other favorite movies ever uh Game Night and Game I experience. I I very much hope I know that like the problem with D&D was Wizards made a huge buff right before this movie came out, and it made right. people very hesitant to go and see this movie live, and it was their way of punishing Wizards. Um, but the movie itself was spectacular, and I really hope that we do get a sequel. It sounds like it's a will-they-won't-they they at this moment. Um, right. but,
1: but, yeah, I mean, that found family story, I mean, it is a trope that's like it's a trope. So sometimes it could be like, Oh, this again, yeah. but doing that trope with the D veneer was yeah. fun. It was just a fun movie.
0: It was, it was very much the way that I described it to, to the people who I was telling about it. It was very much guardians of the galaxy, but medieval. Um, that's high praise because guardians yeah. is, yeah, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and, and, so that brings me to number five, which I know is probably nowhere near your top 10 uh, is Indiana Jones. Um, I, I get why that movie is probably on the fence for a lot of people. And, and, and um, I taking crystal skull out of the equation, which, you know, we could talk about for an hour alone. Um, Dial of destiny, I think was, was just a really good uh, trip down memory lane with this character. And I, I, I think that they did everything right with this movie until he takes advantage of the artifact, which is something Indiana Jones doesn't do. Like it belongs in a museum. He never, I mean, I guess he kind of was enticed by the grail, but, and and I I guess really only the Ark he wasn't enticed by. So,
0: right. Well, (laughs) I mean, the the stones, I don't think he cared about too much in uh, temple of doom, you know, like he he gave them back right away. Like there wasn't like any, like, Hey, I need this for myself kind of thing. There
1: was that one moment when they were falling, like he, like he had to make a decision. Does he let them go or does he like die or something? Right, like, right. there was that one moment. So I guess maybe it is very Indiana Jones for him to be enticed by it. Um, when you really think about it. In but this
0: case, it was the first time where he would have failed that test.
1: Yeah. It, it very much felt like a test that he would like, he would have failed had his goddaughter not punched him in the face.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in crusade, you know, it was kind of like Sean Connery had to be like let it go, Junior, or Henry, or whatever, what Indy, whatever he called him in that moment. Because right. he was about to fall into the same trap that right. Elsa fell into. Right. Um
1: But ultimately he 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 does he does let it go. Right. He he doesn't here. Like he right. had to be physically put down to let it go. Right. Um, which is maybe an interesting um element of this character so late in his age. Um, but that's really maybe the only thing I would have changed about this movie is is that's not necessarily an Indiana Jones moment for me. But for me, it was it like it felt like an Indiana Jones movie from start to finish.
0: right Well uh, you, you you know me. I hold a grudge against media. so uh, like I still have not watched any of the the follow- up to Game of Thrones. I have yeah. not watched Indiana Jones. Um, I'm sure there's other things where I'm like, no, I refuse, but. No-
1: it, this this one I think is like it it more than makes up for you know what Crystal Skull, Skull did and 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 again I, briefly on that fourth movie like if you take out Indiana Jones it's a good movie it's just not a good Indiana Jones movie that's right. what I'll say about right. number one. consistency <laughs> uh, number four is totally killer which is another movie you recommended for me um, and and I love horror movies it's probably my more so than superhero and and science fiction it's probably my favorite genre. Is, yeah. is and the Bloomhouse
0: horrors have been magnificent. So
1: good, so good. Megan, fantastic. Um, God, what was the? There was an another one that was released right around Megan that I really liked. I forget what it was, but yeah, this is. And I, and you pointed out to me he's doing a great job, or they're doing a great job of taking horror movies and and throwing that other genre on right, there.
0: Right, because we've had um, Groundhog's Day, uh, we had Freaky Friday, and at this point we're doing Back to the Future.
1: Right, right. And and this is... Come on, I have... Do not disturb on, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, totally Killer just did it for me. I mean, the, the cast was wonderful. Yep. Um, I think it was a neat little, like twist direction with the villain that i really don't want to spoil for people so if you haven't seen totally killer on amazon prime go watch it Mm -hmm. um uh and and like i don't know i just time travel and and horror works for me i mean that was what uh what was the other movie that has time travel happy death day yeah. Um, it, not, not
0: so much time travel, but, um, but like the repeat cycles right. and everything. I guess that's the groundhog day. Yeah. I very much like they, they had alluded to that they were going to do this before. And I really hope that they have a, a bloom house crossover, um, because they had talked back when it was just freaky and happy death day about maybe doing a crossover with those two.
1: Yo, I would love that. Mm-hmm. I would love that crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 like I know he has his like to build a, like like there's a way you could easily kind of build a cinematic universe with these movies right and have them all interact with each other absolutely and feel wholly independent from one another yep. Um give it to me I love it right. uh, number three staying in the horror trend is Scream Six yeah Scream um, Six was very good. So good, and I uh, I know that we didn't get uh, Nev Campbell in this one, but I think that's okay. Like I think, yeah. To me, a pay the woman. She made this franchise. You know, other people were responsible too, but she is the face of that franchise. If right. you ask me. Um, But nothing against Nev Campbell. It was time to move on from that story. Uh, it sounds very disappointing that we're not going to continue on with the characters that we have right um, but and, and to me that means the death of scream like I think we kind of let let it alone for a little while was scream 6 in 2023 uh yeah I think so yeah it was early I think it was like March 2023 So
0: the fun thing about it is um the the woman who was the the one killer in Scream was one of the victims in uh totally killer
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Le- but yeah, Leanna Lumberto. Le- um, but yeah, Scream Six. I mean, it it is probably um one of my top three Scream movies. If I had to guess, if I really had to sit, I like, got one day. One year, I'm gonna have to sit down and figure that out. But Scream Six just was felt very original within a franchise that's not original and has has always been about a meta franchise and can sometimes get lost in, in itself right. uh, in that way. So Scream 6 was was great. Uh, I have to leave very soon to go pick up kids from school. So uh, I we probably want to talk a lot about these, and we can maybe do a part two or we just talk about these these last two films. But my number two is Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just is, saw this year. We, you just watched it in 2024. Right. Which is wild because it's... It is just as good, I think, as the first one. Right. Um, I don't think. I don't think it's better. Um, I, I think if, I guess if you're going to. It's say, a different feeling. It is a different feeling. It is. It is very good. It is a great story. Uh, great animation. Um, and I really. I, I'm. I'm looking at what's beyond the universe. Is the the third one or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to the to closing out this trilogy, and I, I hope that. What they do with this story is they kind of just—that's what it is. It is a trilogy, and then we're done with this particular story with Miles. I want more Miles in other aspects, and I'm oh, hundred percent down for spinoffs. Like, give me a Saturday morning Spider Ham cartoon, or give right. me like a like a, a, a Thursday night uh, Spider Noir, uh, d- like you know Noir with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, give, give that stuff to me. Um, but as far as the story of this version of Miles, you know, I don't want to see them milk it out too much. Right. Uh, like they, like can happen with, with superhero movies. Speaking of superhero movies, not milking out movies. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Perfect. Perfect. I think
0: we like you said we'll probably spend a little bit more time on this because there is a lot to talk about, but I think that of all the trilogies that exist there out there in the world right now, I think that it is the top dog.
1: Modern day trilogies, and I'll say what I mean by that is like probably from 90s forward, right? Like that's 90s for, and I know some of our some of our classic trilogies bleed into the early 90s, but 90s mid 90s forward modern-day trilogies, nothing beats Guardians of the Galaxy. Right.
0: And for me, um, it's an all-time. I
1: would, all time. Say, I, I would venture to say all-time. Um, Back to the Future uh, and, and original Star Wars may be beat it for me. But at all-time trilogy, it's definitely a top three.
0: Right, trilogy, which is very high praise.
1: Which is hard to do when you have I, I mean, I guess really from, like, the 70s on to, like, point to movies that really started being blockbusters and being multifaceted stories that, that take several years to tell. Um, and this one, I mean, took forever to tell because of that huge gap between James Gunn getting fired, rehired, COVID, stuff like that. Right. Um, man went to work for the, for, for the guys across the street when, when by the time he released this film. Right. Uh and, and, and because of Guardians of the Galaxy, I have all the faith in the world that James Gunn knows how to um, put together a universe over at DC. Right. But I don't know that he ever does anything in the realm of superheroes that's going to be ever as good as Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: No, I think it, it'll be a different feel. He'll definitely do something similar um, to to a good effect, but not quite. Right. as emotionally impactful as Guardians. Right. Let me give you four honorable mentions with just titles real quick. Okay. Cocaine Bear. I want to see it. Cocaine Bear was really good. Uh, uh, Strays.
1: Uh, cartoon Fer- movie, right?
0: No, it's not cartoon. Oh. Yeah, it's Jamie Foxx and That's Will Ferrell. Right.
1: That's right. Really see. good.
0: Uh, Barbie.
1: Oh, really I did, good. That, that is a good art, but I did watch that tail end of the year. I forgot to rank it, I think, but uh, yeah. good. Good. And it's not. I mean, it's for what it
0: is, enjoyable. And then fourth, the Super Mario Brothers movie.
1: Yes, I. You know, what? that's in my like top fifteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. I, but uh, it, it, to me, like, it is an honorable mention, but it's um i don't know i just i didn't feel like mentioning <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's definitely
0: not a it, it was a very safe mario movie but it was very yes. enjoyable nonetheless
1: yes i yes it was a safe movie that was a good way to describe it um i feel I like we need, we need a part two we need a part two because we didn't even get to really talk about 2024 and what we have to look ahead so <laughs> uh whether it's the the week after this or or sometime later this month we're going to get to uh Part two of this conversation. Where can people find you? Uh
0: you can find me at tellus.com And if you want to get any of our premium stuff, you can get us at patreon.com slash or at uh etsy.com slash And if you want to see our awesome Weird Witch Wands, you can find us on TikTok at TikTok.com slash Witch wands, w-y-r-d witch which. uh witchwands. And you can see our pups at tick tock.com slash tales of Tellus. That's T-A-I-L-S
1: of Tellus. There's a really good one, guys. There's a really good one that you can watch on Tales and Tell Us. I'll find a link in the show notes. Uh, all right. Thanks for joining me. As always, Mike. Where can uh, where can we find you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At that nerdy kev and uh, mayoroflovatown.com. Of <laughs> Thank you once again to Mike for being on this show and, of course, for appearing two additional times in like a two-week span to finish our conversation about the best of 2023 and what we're looking forward to to 2024. Um, I always love sitting down and talking to Mike. I know that this is a long-form interview show, a uh, long-form conversational show. Uh, that this episode was probably a little bit more pop culture centric, but that was kind of the point of this one. Um, when I have guests on that have been on the show multiple times, a lot of times that's what this turns into, um, especially with someone like Mike, who uh, I talk to on, a, on almost a daily basis, who has, is such an integral part of this show, um, even when we're not doing a live show, um, he's the guy who's usually sitting in with me to do these specials where we do a end of year recap, or we're doing the state of the pod or something along those lines. Anything that's like a special episode where I'm, I don't necessarily want to do it with a guest. Um, and if I need someone to bounce um uh, conversation off of, it's usually Mike that sits down and does this stuff. So, um, thank you to him for being on the show. Make sure you uh, check out tell us.com is probably like the the best place uh, to, like, hub in on what Mike does. Um, but catch him on Twitch. Catch him on uh, Etsy selling some stuff. Catch him on Patreon to support his work. Um, he has uh, some more Kickstarters getting ready to launch later this year. That will be all on his social medias as well. Uh, usually, I think it's at, at Tellus Books uh, or at Tellus. All his links that he mentioned will be in the show notes. Um, and what you can look forward to next week is... Um, sitting down with a friend of the show who's never been on the show actually, but a friend of my podcasting world, someone who is also an uh, integral part of me podcasting, someone that's been there almost since the beginning. Uh, And that is a dear friend of the show, Jonesy. Uh, He was like within the first couple weeks of my first podcast, um, part of the producing team, part of the co-hosting team, um, and kind of kickst helped kickstart the the podcasting era of of Kev, and of course back then it was it was uh it was different it was a lot, it was a lot different what we did back then. Some you know maybe not some of my proudest work, but uh, it is definitely uh, where we started, and it was the wow wild, wild west of podcasting back in two thousand seven. Um, so I'm excited for you guys to, to sit on that conversation uh, where we kind of talk about the past. We talk about how podcasting has moved forward. Uh, and of course, uh, Jonesy's there to kind of talk about all his uh, endeavors he has going on in the entrepreneur uh, marketing space as well. Um so we are at just around the two-hour mark. Uh, I apologize. We're going to uh, get better at, at, at paring this down to, to about 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes an episode. Um, it's, it, this one was hard. This one was honestly hard because it was the first one back. Um, it was the first one back with, with my best friend in the entire world. Uh, so, so this one went a little long. Um, we'll do a better job. I promise. As we get back into it, the one thing that even after podcasting for nearly what 17 years, 16 and a half years at this point, um, is that sometimes you still run into mistakes that you don't want to, uh, really be part of your podcasting, um, uh, appearance if you will. Um and and back in the day, you know, 2-hour podcast, that was the thing, man. That was the, you're emulating radio. And now um you try to unless you're doing a narrative thing, you you try to 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 keep it and rain it in somewhere in that like 45, 55 to like at most 90 minute range. Um and uh, but you know, this was a great conversation for me. Um you know, a lot of stuff that I forgot came out in 2023 uh, was discussed in in Our entire conversation, not just this episode, but in our three part conversation, um, just forgetting like how much cool stuff happened in 2023. So anyway, uh, make sure you follow us on the socials at uh, at Real Awesome Pod on Twitter and Facebook at Awesome Podcast on Instagram uh and then i will be not creating more social media channels for anything else uh anything else you can follow me at that nerdy kev um i'm most active on tiktok where i talk about podcasting and my company starbird media And, of course, just pop culture. Sports is the big thing. For some reason, I turned into a sports guy there. Who knows? Uh, Anyway, thank you all for listening and sitting here for just north of two hours as season two of Everything is Awesome is back, baby. So excited. Uh, We'll catch you next week. Wow, I can't speak. We'll catch you next week right here on AwesomePodcast.com.